Hello, everyone. This is The Shuffle Bus, and I'm your host, Jesse Bergman. As always, I have my friend and co-host, Neil Momin, joining us today. In today's episode, episode 9, Neil and I are going to be recapping PPG Orlando and our experiences. Hi, Neil. How are you tonight? I'm good. Uh, went back to Florida. Came back to Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. You got, uh, a, you got a little extra Florida time with PPG Orlando. That's it, always it, nice. It just... It just kept me salty about it, right? Like, <laughs> just just didn't let, let, it's not letting you actually like right. establish Nebraska. A, like, I had weather. a good time there, seeing seeing my sister again and everything, and playing cards. But like, it was just like we went just long enough for me to remember that it's warm there and not here. And it's just going to be a theme all winter. If you guys are listening to these episodes, I think I think that's probably true. It's just you, you've gone Florida soft, as we like to call it. And yeah, it's not like. It snowed like an eighth of an inch this morning, and uh, luckily my roommate had work off today too, so he got breakfast for us. I didn't leave the house. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I definitely know you're getting Florida because an eighth of an inch around here is nothing. I mean, it, yeah. like life functions just completely normal when you get an eighth of an inch. It's when you get eight times that that we uh, start to run into more issues, and, and actually probably more than that because eight times is only an inch. My math skills are solid tonight, yeah. but excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. So, uh, yeah, so we're on episode nine. Uh, obviously, super excited about that. We're almost to double digits. I uh, can't believe we've even made nine episodes at this point, but uh, I think we're going to just keep this bus rolling. So, let's talk a little bit about Orlando. Like, um, obviously, neither one of us were qualified going down to Orlando, and, and specifically, we flew into Tampa and went over to Sarasota because you have family there, and. Uh, then we drove over on Friday and played in the Grinders. So, tell me how you felt about the Grinders. I know that obviously, and I don't think it's any secret, everybody knows it was a best of one now to qualify. Uh, how, how did you feel about that? I mean, we didn't know about it until we walked in the door. So, um, Right. So, that, I mean, that was like the biggest hiccup of the day, right? Like, we, we came with a couple decks uh, prepared to essentially play all weekend, both for the Grinders and the main event. Um and we show up there and I wasn't really sure what we were going to expect because uh, it's like the first day, it was in the afternoon and, and it was kind of how I thought it would be where on the Friday, like right at one when they started the grinders, there weren't very many people there. There were like, like eight or ten of us or something. Like they were struggling to fill the additionals after they started giving out invites. Um, And I think that's probably like, you know, people just... If they're going to come for the weekend, they're going to travel on the Friday or just like work on Friday and travel Friday night. You know, like people have real jobs. We just got off of ours, I guess. <laughs> um, so, so that was positive for anybody trying to grind at that time. Uh, we didn't go on Saturday having already qualified on Friday. So, I don't know what the populace was like then. Um but I know there were more people than there was on yeah, Thursday. I, I definitely heard there were more people. I, I also kind of in retrospect didn't realize that the grinder tickets, because we were we ended up using the grinder tickets to kind of go back. Like I didn't I didn't qualify on my first grinder, you did. Um, and then I took your deck and played it, like the deck we crafted, because we specifically crafted your deck to be a best of one deck. We played a OA Springer Airstrike Patrol aggro deck to which is really, really good game one, guys, just for anybody that really wants to know. Um, and then 
uh, I took that deck in grinder number two and won with it. And uh, we were both qualified at that point. And then we played in some additional ones after that, just because the community is super awesome. And we wanted to help other people qualify. So we figured if we were playing in other grinders, it would it would help them in some way. Because if we tied up, you know, mashed up against somebody that wasn't qualified, we could concede to them, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, I obviously had a lot of fun in that process and got to get to know some of the local community and got to get to know some guys that were from South Carolina that, um, you know, were super awesome. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where I, I really, that's my thing I take away from Friday more than anything is that the Transformers community as a whole is just a lot of fun to hang out with and, and spend time with. Right. The, I mean, we had a good time that day. Uh, obviously I'm a little biased since I played in exactly one of those, uh, and qualified, um, but I, I admit that like I walked up there, you know, when we arrived, there was already one going the very, we were the one that I won was the second one of the day. Um, cause we just didn't get there right at one. So I walked over there and I was scoping out the tables, just seeing like what was being played. And I heard one of the players asking the judge about like why it's best of one. So I went up to the judge's table and I confirmed that, yeah, it was best of one. Which I guess is fine. Like, I mean, it's obviously pro play tour's prerogative to run it however they want. It's their event. But that really warps the format, right? Like, uh, it really benefits the decks that have a proactive strategy and makes the reactive decks a lot worse. Because mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't get a sideboard, like... The control decks get better post-sideboard. Um, I mean, every deck should potentially get better post-sideboard, but the control decks specifically, like, really get better post-sideboard. So, after we found that out, I was really kicking myself for not bringing the Daring Escape combo deck because I assume that that's the best game one deck in the format. Um, but I decided not to bring it with us because I forgot it on the or, table. Or, I was just saying, was, yeah. reason that wasn't decided. It was Neil forgot to I, bring it. I audibled. I, I knew you were going to call me out on it. So, I, like, <laughs> last minute decided to fess up. Yeah, I, I had been practicing with it all week. So, I was sitting on my kitchen table. And then when we left that day, I left it. Um, so, rookie, the cards rookie mistake there. But instead, we had this Springer Aggro deck. Uh Springer Strike Patrol that um, I had seen a version of on Vector Sigma that had overwhelming advantage in it. And that to me seemed like it was an excellent game one deck as well. Um, so I went into this tournament and I played three games like obviously it was just eight people single elimination and in two of the games i had the oa set up and missed it on the flips uh one time with three cards left in my pile one of which was the blue pip and the other time with one card left in my pile which was the blue pip and uh because you are amazing at this game when it comes right. to that but as it turned out i should just play spring aggro because on both those turns that i oa'd i just attacked for lethal Right. So, I mean, that's I what Springer need the does, 15s. Right? Um, in, in the one game I, I did do the OA, it was very important because I was playing as a four white aggro deck that had 
scrapnel in it. Mm-hmm. So I just got to like gun him down. Um, but it, you know, I Springer Agger probably would have been just fine. But these, it was just a weird tournament because of the best of ones. I played against an orange Metroplex. It had no ability to trigger its uh, tap all other characters ability in the main. It could sideboard into it, which obviously is not great in the best of one format. Correct. Um, I played against the Floyd aggro deck with the Lionizer and the RC and the Scrapnel and Demolisher. I don't even remember what the fourth one was. Um, and then I think it was the, Demolisher. In the finals, I played against Optimus Thrust, which, as we continue our stories, will be kind of a thing of the weekend. Um, but the... Uh, the games I played in that were fast and went good. So I qualified in the first one and then, uh, you played in the next one playing the same deck and you qualified off that one. So that was a good day. We like, I was afraid we were going to be grinding all day Friday. We're going to be grinding all day Saturday, but turned out we only had to play a little bit. We had a good time and we got to go to dinner, went back to my family's house, uh, for Saturday and just had a nice relaxing day and came back on Sunday for the real event. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously just on the props on that dinner, like, uh, four rivers barbecue, if you're ever in the Kissimmee Orlando area, y'all got to check that place out. It's, it's pretty solid. It's, it's kind of like a chain, but it's like a local chain to that area. Cause there's four or five of them in the Orlando area, I think. Yeah, but, uh, it, it, it's really, really good. And um, I mean, we're coming from what I would call the heart of barbecue country. I mean, we're only a few hundred miles from Kansas City. So good barbecue tends to kind of migrate its way here to Nebraska, which I know we're not known for. That's just because we're just, you know, basically imitation KC barbecue. It's, it's not but, for everyone, Jesse. Yeah, that's right. Nebraska is not for everyone. Um, so, yeah. So as we get into... Sunday, before we jump into kind of maybe covering some of like our, our, you know, Swiss rounds and we don't have to go through all of them in detail, but, um, as we start to talk about that a little bit, tell the audience what deck you decided to play and, and why, and, and also what's different from, you know, the version that was being ran at EI. Right. So when going into the tournament, I had set aside three decks for us. Um, the sp- four wide Springer aggro, the same kind of thing we played in the grinders, not, not overwhelming advantage, just uh, sp- Springer plus airstrike aggro. The uh, three wide galaxy prime control deck, similar to what was at the eye, but not the exact list. And then the daring escape combo. Um, I really wanted to play combo like I really did. I spent, you know, three weeks leading up to the event going back and forth with Dan Arnold about it. Uh, Just like, like we want to play combo. How can we make combo work? Like we want to play combo. And then I got scared away from it uh, because of the previous PPG results in Dallas uh, where everybody was just playing like giant man plus thrust. Mm -hmm. And that deck I think just, that was San Antonio, right? Not not Dallas, because San Antonio was the weekend before or two weeks before. Right. I'm sorry. Whatever whatever one in Texas was really small. 
Right. It was San Antonio that was smaller. And that was the one that saw the the emergence of the Galaxy Prime thrust to right. White Dead. And I don't believe, contrary to what you may read on the Facebook group or wherever from everyone, I don't believe that this is a, like, giant guy plus thrust meta now. I don't think that's true. Um, everybody kind of freaked out. They're like, oh, this game's stupid now that you just, like, attack with one guy or one talk as a thrust. I, I don't think that's all right. Like... All that's going to do is like if that becomes a meta in your local is people will start playing four wide. So these these three decks uh, combo four wide aggro and uh, three wide galaxy prime. You know, we we had gotten rid of the combo deck um, and we were down to the four wide springer deck and the three wide galaxy deck. And I wasn't sure what I was going to play literally until like Saturday morning. Right. Like, um, one of those two and you had decided the day before that you were going to play the Springer deck. Yeah. I decided on Saturday, I decided to, to, I mean, we, I rebuilt the Springer deck on Saturday, uh, advantage garbage. Well, but it was beyond that too. Like I, I was like, I really wanted to make sure I was uh, put the right cards in to deal with what I felt the meta was going to be made up of. And I felt the meta was going to be made up of shockwaves and made up of um, galaxy primes. And it ultimately I made the right call, but um, my, my play experience with shock, like with the Springer OA deck going into that was pretty limited. I think in testing, I'd mostly been running the galaxy prime list I thought that's what I was going to run at PPG and I kind of made that decision Saturday that, you know what, I'm going to do the Springer OA or Springer aggro deck. And so in the process of doing that, I just asked you, can we play like a couple of games against Galaxy Prime just to make sure I understand how, how the game's supposed to play. So I, I did go into Sunday's tournament with that Springer deck with just a little bit of experience in the grinder with the OA version of it. And then uh, like, three games worth of experience on Saturday because we were spending time with your family and stuff. So um, I don't know if that hurt me in the end or helped me, but, but um, you know, it is what it is. Right. And, and we had tested with that deck other games previous, but I had been the one piloting it in our previous testing. Um, I think that deck's really good. Uh, a large amount of credit to Vector Sigma for that list. Um, our list was not identical to the Vector one, but it was close. It was really um, close, yeah. And uh, if you want more content like that, check them out. But uh, our deck, I, I really liked the deck. I think it was really good. I wish like crazy that I had played it instead of the Galaxy deck that I had cho- chosen. Well, and I think I think that's probably more of a testament to just what the field looked like. You know, of the forty six right, players, the field ended up being kind of as I said, which was just a guess, but my guess was correct in that the field ended up being a bunch of Galaxy Primes uh, with either thrusts in the side or thrusts in the main. And it, you know, when you when you play that same deck against them, it does devolve the meta into just big guy on big guy and who gets what and earliest to kind of break serve and get advantage right my my galaxy prime version that i played was slanted towards like winning the three wide control matchup so i had 
obviously Optimus, Flame War, um, Skydive as the team, like the EI team. Um, but I had an additional Cutlass in the main, and I had uh, the extra Cutlass in the board and all the disarms in the main and i just my deck was trying to beat the mirror essentially mm-hmm. I, um which i did in game one uh two times on the day like not one time i played the literal mirror and one time i played against uh jet fire plus night flight and tailwind but it's, you know, a very similar way the matchup plays out. And uh, I won my match against Jetfire. I think that Prime is favored in that matchup. I won game one against the Galaxy Prime deck because my deck, like I said, was slanted to win that. But then once we transformed into post-board, uh, like, he went first game two, sideboarded into Thrust. I stayed three wide. Um... And he won. And then in game three, I sideboarded in thrust going first. And he actually beat me breaking serve with the thrust attack because his deck was better tuned to be in thrust mode than mine was. Because he had like scoundrels blasters instead of cutlasses. And those are like the cutlass, obviously, I just take out when I go into thrust because I didn't have anybody to sit on. But the scoundrels blaster is very similar uh, in the main of his, but it can go on the thrust, stuff like that. He had more just generic pumps in his deck. Um, and so after we were both in thrust mode, then he had the advantage and it was, uh, I ended up losing that, that match I played against Kai, uh, who had won, uh, did uh, he win the, Dallas? I think he's the one that won Dallas. Yeah. Not, not the one with the thrusts. But yeah. he won Dallas a few PPGs ago. Right. Um, he won it with the Shockwave deck that was built to fight combo. Right. That was it the, was Shockwave, but it had like 10 main deck cards against combo or whatever. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, he's very good. I had a lot of fun playing that match. It was very interesting. But inevitably on the day, like every match I left thinking like, man, I wish I was playing Springer Aggro. It would have been so good into the field. It, and um, it was. It really, really was. Um, and I think this tournament in this field was really primed for Springer Aggro to win it. And uh, I had a great opportunity to get there, but uh, ultimately fell short. Right. You did very well. My my day was less encouraging. But uh, some of the interesting things that happened, uh, I'm sure that everybody's listening to this now has seen the deck that got second place. Um, the four David's wide. Deck. Yeah. Yep. Four wide demolisher, like all the orange black pips. Um, I played against that deck in round three and he beat me in three games. Um, deck's cool. I, I think it's kind of weird. Like I, I don't think that I would play it because I would rather play like four wide Springer aggro or whatever. Cause it's very similar, but I think the one thing that David's deck does really well, when you talk about the field, this particular field, that deck is extremely well suited to fight. What was at PPG Orlando? 
Uh, Agreed. Yeah, it's it's way better against uh, Jetfire specifically than like the forward aggro deck is um because jetfire yeah, can, defends so good we can talk about the jetfire matchup and what makes four white aggro have a really tough matchup there because without going into a ton of detail uh since i played the four white aggro i'll just I, my two losses on the day uh, which netted me a 10th place finish at ppg orlando loss one was to uh, the eventual third place finisher eric and his uh jetfire uh, airstrike patrol deck that he's been playing since EI. Uh, Eric plays that deck very, very well. And, um, you know, Jetfire is really tough for that team to get through. Like, really tough. Um, even, even like, you think the answer is possibly to go too tall to try to beat Jetfire. And I think my board decision problem wasn't actually going too tall. It was the fact that my too tall was OPBL. Uh, instead of Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend from Wave 1. And I think the right choice would have been to play, uh, in that case, to play uh, Octone for just higher health. Because it was just, Jetfire just gets suited up so quickly and so effectively that, like, he's just swinging for 9 to 10 every turn. And when you're playing an aggro deck, when you go from 4 wide down to OPBL and... Springer, you drop down to 30 health instead of 38, and that just actually makes it easier for Jetfire to win. And that's what happened. Um, I, I lost. I went 0-2 against him. Uh, didn't win a yeah. game. And that, I mean, that, the three-wide Jetfire deck has to be really difficult for you. It's really uh, hard. Really, the two-wide really one, hard. the like, Jetfire plus Thrust, like, is still bad, but I think it's, like, winnable. Um, just cause you're so wide, but the Jetfire ability, just like the bot side Jetfire ability is just so good against white aggro. Like it just it is, is. it just is put you're, three cards in their hand every time, every turn. Like you're absolutely correct. And I mean, Eric knew exactly how to beat four wide aggro. Um, and you know, he didn't give me any windows of opportunity and Eric's deck is particularly good at moving damage with bombing runs and war of attrition, which is something that not every, three wide Jetfire deck was running and but it, it turned out in that particular matchup and I don't know whether he boarded into those or whether they were in the main I, I can't comment but the those those cards are just really really good at taking the aggro deck even further away from a win and I the closest I came to a win was in game one and I I corner or not uh, not yeah no no yeah it was game one I I didn't corner I just I he, I had him in a mode where uh, I was going to hit him, and the way that I was going to hit him, I was it was going to be close, and I got him within two. So I mean, it's 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 a tight matchup, but it's so hard to win, and I think it generally is probably a fifty-five or sixty percent favor to Jetfire versus well, the three wide version specifically is is always going to beat you pretty much in four wide aggro mode. Yeah, it, um, it's true. It, it's it's really really hard uh, to beat. So yeah, the the thrust one will be less good yeah i I agree beating the four y or three wide uh control jet fire is probably just you know we talked about this like we talked about this with dan in the last episode we've talked about it in the meta discussion you just gotta pick what you want to lose to and this was this is the deck i was going to lose to and that was what i picked and uh, so I accepted that loss. I had every opportunity to play into um, top eight. Uh, I had played a shockwave in round one. My 
my play to play to get in game was put on stream. You can watch me play extremely poorly. Uh, I, I have gone back and reviewed the tape, if you will. And uh, I, I don't know what I was doing, to be honest. As I look back on it, I, I see at least four to five mistakes that I make. I also understand some of my decision points on why it appears like some things were mistakes when others weren't. But I do look at the Shockwave matchup and feel like I was pretty well positioned to beat Shockwave. And I had I had 2-0 to Shockwave in the first round of the tournament. That was very similar. Um, this Shockwave was Caliburst and... Or the Shockwave I lost to was um, Flamewar. Um, it was Flamewar and Sights. And in the first round, I played a Flamewar Caliburst. And... The guy that I played in first round made my second round much easier by taking Caliburst away for Acid Storm. And that's just not a problem for, for Springer Aggro. But uh, Raul, who I played in for Plato Gibbon, who ended up in the top eight, he he boarded out sites for Caliburst. Uh, and it was just was it was just enough of a difference that I ended up with no cards in hand and digging and his tech card that really screws up Springer Aggro is the Covert Armor on Shockwave because it's just a guaranteed plus two against all your Airstrike guys and Shockwave is already tanky. So when Airstrike guys are swinging for eight and Shockwave is defending for anywhere from seven to nine every single turn, you just don't get Airstrike through. Like they just, they just become dead attackers. And so I got really laser focused in that game and trying to find a Bashing Shield to get rid of his Covert Armor. And it cost me the game. I mean, it, it ultimately, that 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 sort of narrow-mindedness is what I'm going to call it. Cost me a top eight finish, and I've learned my lesson. But you know, I do think that Raul's version of Shockwave was built specifically to fight Springer Aggro. I mean, he told me that after the match was over. His buddy was a Springer Aggro player, and so he's been working on Shockwave for a long time. And so this deck was built and teched to to beat this the Springer Aggro, or at least to make the matchup better. And uh, that was obviously true. Well, in any case, you did very well and did 10th. Uh, it's disappointing that we didn't make top eight, but can't win them all. Um, no. I ended up, I don't know, 20... 25th or something um uh, three losses on the day and i wish that i had played four white aggro i just like my losses were to decks that i know springer would have just crushed and uh my wins were against decks i think springer aggro could have beaten and yeah. so like it just but you don't know right you don't know what the meta is going to be going in um you have an idea i i didn't realize how much uh, how much thrust would be there? Um, I know Kent Schumer was playing Jetfire Thrust just like he was in Dallas. Um, and then there were just a bunch of decks that had thrust in the sideboard, mine included. Um, yeah, and I, I just want to, yeah, just for sake of explaining the rest of my tournament, because I think this will tell you kind of what the field was like. So round two, I played a guy named Matt. Uh, he had a Galactic Prime list 
It was a three wide Galactic Prime list in the main. Um, I beat him game one, uh, which to be to be fair, three wide Galactic Prime against four wide Springer Aggro. Um, you're probably fifty fifty. It's kind of a it's kind of right. a coin it's flip a very matchup. Close matchup. It's it's really close. And then game two, Matt made the decision to board into thrust, and that is the worst decision you can make when playing against four wide aggro. Uh, because when Matt does that, he hits my Springer, can't kill it, turn one. And then I get four attacks into his Optimus Prime. I put 19 damage round one with one card on Optimus Prime. Right. He's just, he's not Jeffire, so he doesn't block super good. Like, he blocks pretty good. But, like, you just can't get attacked by four seven power attackers. Like, Cor- Correct. And and that's exactly what happened. And sometimes it was more just because of good flips, right? Because I'm going through the deck. Right, you have the potential to attack for like nine or eleven or whatever with all your little guys and and right. eight to ten on your and so uh, yes Springer. So yes, we untap and yes, thrust uh, thrust prime kills Springer. So in those matchups, did I play conversion engine on Springer? No, I just continue to focus my efforts on. I could get two activations out of Springer. That means I was going to draw four cards from Springer's ability. I was going to try to get the four best cards to suit up my airstrike patrol. And then when I've got three airstrike patrol now attacking Prime, guess what? Prime just dies. Uh, and I usually have like one or two guys left to go at thrust at that point. And I think I actually, we didn't even wheel twice. You can probably win that game playing zero cards. Like probably if, assuming that he had, because there was not a time when he ever attacked with thrust, right? Like he always just activated thrust. <laughs> He did on, on we we never untapped for third round uh, in yeah. the, in that matchup we 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 didn't get a, a second wheel in game two because I had done so much damage and I think I had punched above the curve in the first round if you want to call it that because of nineteen damage on Prime I was only two health away from killing Prime so like I only had to do one attack into Prime and then I just had free reign to kill right. uh, Thrust at that point and yeah, it's just. It's just not good to be one tall against wide aggro. It's just Correct. not. Yep. If you're exactly. Jeff, like Jeff Fire is closer because then you draw four cards and like he always kind of has three or four toughness to start, but it's still like just not good. <laughs> yeah. So I will tell any players that are new to the game or are tr- going to try the Springer OA or Springer aggro deck, it is on Fortress Maximus. It's called the 10th place PPG Orlando finisher. You can find it out there. You can see the exact list that I played. You should go try it, but understand that if you're up against Jetfire in particular, Jetfire Thrust in particular, your target is not Jetfire to start. Your target is Thrust. Uh, But against Galactic Prime Thrust, your target is Big Optimus. And so that's important to know the two differences there. Uh, I mean, in order to to beat it. And I would say if you're going into your locals and people are playing these Galactic Primes or Jetfire Thrust decks, it's important to understand which ones are are the, the appropriate target attack, attack. That's what this game is all about. It's always been about that. Right. The, the only other interesting thing that happened on my day was I played against a funny combo deck in uh, round four or five. Um, I did play against during Escape Combo. And everything went as planned where he beats me game one and then I sideboard in the thrust and win easily. Um, so there's not a lot to say there. That's why we didn't want to, that's why I didn't want to bring combo to the tournament. Um, but then I played against this like funny uh, fire drive combo deck. 
it was RC, Fire Drive, Cliff Jumper, Dead End. And his whole deal was he just tried to like put a Fire Drive on an RC and draw like enough cards to kill whatever he attacked. And I think I played really poorly in this round. Well, maybe not played poorly, but just like sideboarded really poorly because in game one, we played a close game and he beat me. He managed to get the RC suited up and attacked Optimus for like 19 or whatever. Um, in game two, I got to go first. I sideboarded in the thrust. I one shot the RC and then took no damage the rest of the game. In game three, I decided to go back to three wide, which I think is just wrong uh, in hindsight. Um, I was really afraid of like, like the, the first game he won essentially just because he drew piece of tyranny. And I thought to myself like, okay, this game was really close. And if he doesn't drop piece of tyranny, I'm going to win. So I should go back to like the way that my deck is set up to win. And just kind of like force his attacks where I want them to be. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I understand that decision point. That was just totally wrong because what would have actually happened is if I had just stayed thrust is he would attack with fire drive for one or zero. I would attack with Optimus thrust and kill the fire drive. And he put it on RC. At this point, he's drawn five to seven cards total from including a starting hand. So he'll take another turn. He'll attack with RC and he can do like maximum 11. Assuming that he's drawn all the cards from cliff jump and everything. Um, and then I just untap and kill the RC. Even if he peace through tyrannies there. Well, if he peace through tyrannies, uh, he's still like, like he runs out of cards in hand because he was, he was attacking for 11 or whatever to put my Optimus at like 10 damage left. And then he would get to go again, but only have dead end. Uh, like he, he would still have another guy to attack with. So he wouldn't get to attack with the RC again and he just do zero damage. So what would end up happening is I would wheel and just kill the RC with my thrust Optimus. And like my Optimus would have, you know, Eight, eight damage left or something like he'd take some but I would win and so my whole logic going into game three was flawed and I should have won and I feel really bad about it but you learn and you know how to deal with it in the future right that's that's what happens in all of those things this this is what came from San Antonio right like like the thrust giant guy decks I don't think are actually good main board but man are they good sideboard at against anything fun like sure if you're trying to do anything fun or dorky thrust is the fun police like he's just like all right 11 you see what you can do 11 you again like it's he's just the fun police you're right and and i i think that um you know that's that's something that um you know it, it is what it is I, I i think that competitively it makes sense it gives a nice answer to some significant threats in the meta. Um, and some of those threats get answered just by regular four white aggro in the first place. But, um, 
you know, if you don't want to play that sort of game and you still want to play three wide control, then Thrust gives you a, a sideboard out to be able to play three wide control and still beat combo. And it gives you an out to combo that like even turbo board doesn't have. Like turbo board, you can play around. He's like a seven drop that does nothing. And once you deal with them, you get to do your combo stuff. Thrust is not like that. Thrust is like you do it now or you don't do it at all. And I think that's important to have in the format. Everybody's like, are we going to ban thrust? Are we going to do all this dumb stuff? And uh, no, I, I think it's fine. Like if, if thrust Optimus as a deck is running around your local, just play forward aggro and you'll beat it. If combo is running around your local, then like you'll be happy to have thrust in your sideboard. I, I think that's good. It's like, it's better than having uh turbo board where you're just like i guess i have to play this crappy guy and i don't feel good about it at least the thrust gives you some reach against other decks and like it actually beats it instead of just kind of not beating it and just pretending like it does and i i I agree completely i think i think that it's a completely healthy thing and i think it gives us more sideboard options um and i think it gives those three three wide decks an out um, that they didn't really have before it was discovered. So I, I think it's positive and healthy overall for the game. Um, yeah, so I mean, PPG was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a good tournament. It was well run. I mean, I got to give a, a you know a lot of props to the PPG team and uh, specifically Eddie, who was our head judge. I think he ran the event very well and was uh, in in control of the event for the bulk of the event. We didn't have a ton of downtime between rounds. Um, I think I think all in all, PPG did a nice job of really setting a precedent for a competitive Transformers series. Uh, minus the best of one curveball, um, but I understand why that decision was made too, just for the sake of getting as many grinders in. They had to be prepared for the the eventuality that like a lot of people come to the grinders and they want to get them to fire in a reasonable amount of time. Um, I don't think that happened. They could have played best of three, but you can't plan that way, right? Like if you play best of one and it goes wrong, we have this discussion we're having right now. If you play best of three and it goes wrong, you had a bunch of people really butthurt about like not having time to grind in. Enough, enough time to grind in, right? Like it reduces the grinders by probably a half or a third, you know, somewhere in that range. All in all, I agree with you. The the best thing that I thought was about this tournament from a like logistics point of view was that unlike the EI, it did feel like it went quicker. Like we're not in this meta where like like 90% of tables are going to time. We did have some people go to time. But and and this was, you know, 20% the field of EI, but it's still like a significant number of people and I thought it it was just quicker. It felt quicker. It felt better. Um, it was a shorter day in general, which I think was positive because a lot of people were just totally fatigued by the EI. Um, but it was fun. The, the trip as a whole was really good in spite of us like getting on a plane and then getting late to... Uh, Charlotte because they had to de-ice the plane. <laughs> well, the plane coming in was late and then the de-icing process, we ended up like two and a half hours delayed, man. I just want our, our viewers to know how upset I am that I'm not still in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair <laughs> when, we left, when we left Tampa on Monday morning, we didn't have to worry about de-icing the plane. <laughs> no, that, that's true. 
They did. They did de-ice it though in Chicago on the flight back. You know, but so speaking of flights back, um, just really quick, uh, we Neil and I were talking after PPG Orlando because it kind of bookended the competitive scene essentially for what I would call 2019. I know this event was in 2020, but to me, it was really still kind of attached to the 2019 competitive season in that sense. It just happened. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like, it, it definitely was like it just a capstone to the PPG series. that was all last year. Right. So now, now we kind of went, Oh, well, you know, the competitive scene is at a lull. We're, you know, 12 weeks out from wave five being released and I know spoiler season's upon us. Uh, spoilers have started dropping this week. And, you know, I think it's exciting to see the spoilers come out. And obviously, lots of channels are covering those. But I was sitting there and I was said, what are we going to do? I mean, we still have a local scene that we're trying to cultivate and grow. What are we going to do for the next 12 weeks? And I said, you know, we, could, we can go to locals and play competitive decks that we would play in Orlando or play at Philly and you know, that would be fine. It gives us more practice and more reps. And I, th- I think that makes sense. And we could help, you know, heighten the other players around us by helping them develop decks to fight against those decks. But to be honest, it just felt like it was kind of time to have some fun and be a little more casual with the game and in this kind of downtime that's occurring. And I think talking to other content creators are feeling pretty similarly. So we started brewing something that um we like to do around here and i'm just hoping jesse build decks that i can beat with thrust that's the yes that's that's true if, if the, you, the you one were... deck you played last week would not lose to thrust well i, I did beat a jetfire thrust with it right I, you're four wide so you're very likely to beat thrust but sure yeah but um you know so we we came up with a couple of deck ideas i'm gonna have a more comprehensive write-up of one of those decks hitting our website. It's the shufflebus.com. Um, but I also want to just talk about it in the pod for those folks that don't want to go read a blog and would rather uh, listen to us talk about it. And we have some time to discuss it today. So we developed two decks last week. Uh, one of them is still hasn't seen real play yet. We're going to, I'm going to try to broach that this week because our local decided not to play Transformers on Monday night instead of play Marvel Champions, which is also another game that Neil and I are super fond of. Um, And ultimately, the deck that I played last Sunday at Legendary Wolf Games in Omaha was a deck we named Slippery When Jet. And obviously, it's a a play on, uh, you know, the old Bon Jovi. The joke's already bad enough. You don't need to explain it. Okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll just cut that then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I felt but, when you asked me how to name that deck, and I sent that back, I immediately felt bad. No, nope, I was perfect. just like discouraged by my. <laughs> it was it was a perfect response because I was like, I don't know what to call this. I I kept playing around with different names and and names, and it was just not coming to me. And like you fired that off, and I went, yes, that's a hundred percent the name of this deck now. So the deck is Slipstream. From uh, the Energon Edition slash San Diego Comic-Con promo pack. It's Raider Trigger Happy from Wave 4. It's Raider Night Flight and Raider Tailwind. Uh, So it's all planes, which obviously is where we get the the jet connotation. And then it's a control deck. He's still explaining it, guys. I'm so sorry. Sorry. I'm 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 so sorry. (laughs) But uh, the deck is available on Fortress Maximus to look at. I'm not going to go through the deck list today, but I just want to talk a little bit about 
how this deck performs because it's surprising. I was not like so. So here's my here's my thing. I was sitting there Saturday night and I had built the deck and I was gold fishing it just to see if it even worked right. Like because I was like, well, if it doesn't work, then I'm just the heck with uh, it. I'm gonna the, the original version of it was real garbagey. Yes, yeah. I, and, still, and I, I still think you should have played the uh, multi missile pods. Hell no, man. If, hell if you're no. playing for fun. You ought to just like go full no. dumpster fire. Yeah, the, the, yeah I, well, <laughs> no, it, beyond that, at that point, it's a dumpster fire that's going to spread and, and burn forest down because it was so bad with multi missile pod. But um, I, you know, at at the end of the day, I started playing it and I realized that the shell of the deck was better than I had anticipated. I mean, honestly, like we were talking about getting on the plane in Chicago and. I said, you know, between these two decks, which deck do you think has more competitive legs? Understanding that both of these decks are casual, but may have shells that could lead to competitive behavior. And you, the, the other deck's called Greenlight Go, and you're like, well, clearly Greenlight Go has got to have the most potential. This, this Slippery One Jet deck, which we didn't have a name for, we just called it Slipstream Deck at that point, uh, is just a joke, right? The whole thing's just a joke. And I said, okay, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I mean, I played Slipstream... Uh, in a competitive environment uh, during wave two with Dreadwing, and it was awful. So, um, you know, I, I think that I was surprised. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to st- state that I was surprised. But I took I took the deck. I took both Greenlight Go and Slipstream to Legendary Wolf. I also took my Springer Aggro deck, and I was on the drive up trying to decide which deck I was going to play. Was I just going to play Springer Aggro? Because Legendary Wolf calls their Sunday event their competitive day. They, they call it that. Their casual night is Monday night and their competitive day is Monday or on Sunday. So these folks at Legendary Wolf were bringing what they felt were competitive decks. And so that, I knew that meant that there was probably a good chance I was going to play some Jetfire. There was probably a chance I was going to play some Galaxy Prime. I expected to see the EI decks, right? Or the PPG Orlando decks or something of that nature be in the field. Um, they had a smaller turnout as Super Bowl Sunday, so they only had six people. They normally get, you know, between eight and ten. But my round one pairing was against a Jetfire Thrust, and I did decide to play the Slippery One Jet list. And uh, ultimately, I, I w- we went to the game three with that matchup, and I did manage to pull the win out uh, by boarding in Ion Storm. And, and going down to a three wide version of the control deck, uh, which was amazing, by the way, like the resiliency of Ion Storm uh, with Slipstream tossing damage around. It's pretty bonkers. Um, so, you know, I, I, I was like going through this and I'm like, man, this deck's like actually does some really, really powerful things. And I, I think that, you know, that's a testament to one. I asked you, should we be trying to make Slipstream? you know, trigger slipstream ability or, or do something different. You're like, no, you just got to leave her in plane mode. And when when you asked me that question, like I didn't even know she had a bot mode ability. (laughs) Yeah. She does. I've just like never read the other side of her. Yeah. I mean, it's a reasonable bot mode ability. No, it's not. It's awful. Her numbers are small and it's like impossible to trigger her thing. And she only becomes like six power. Like, ugh. yeah, it's, 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 it's not good. No, I agree with that. Anybody that looked at this card, like, like I remember when when we first started playing the game and I first found out that there are these, like, expensive promos that didn't exist anywhere because they're only in the, in the Comic-Con pack. And I was like, 
you know, this is this game's all about fighting. I bet Slipstream is really good. I come to realize that I could not have been more wrong. I've been I've been wrong about some things in my life, but this might be the worst. Like But I will the say Cliff this. Jumper, like you compare it to Cliff Jumper and it's just like night and day, right? Like Cliff Jumper oh, is outrageously powerful and super, super good and his stats are great. And she's like just dumpy and awkward and <laughs> I, I agree with that to a point this deck has changed my opinion of her um not not in a, a, a high percentage sort of way I, i'm not again i don't think i would take slippery wind jet and go play in a 160 person ei tournament i just i think the deck doesn't have enough outs to certain strategies that you would need and but i will say this in in a smaller local environment the deck does some crazy stuff and it feels amazing. I'm just going to say this right now. It feels amazing when you photon bomb your opponent, even if they're too wide, thrust jet fire, and then you just proceed to attack with all your guys. Right. This, fling. <laughs> this deck, like when we were talking about in the airport, you know, is it's, it's more a photon bomb deck than it is a slipstream deck. Like, but slipstream takes advantage of photon bomb better than right. anyone. Right. It just, like the photon bomb is is what turns that on, right? Like like this deck has bombing runs that photon bomb turns on. This deck has uh, um, energon axe. Like, well, and like the real the real dream here, yeah. I mean, definitely trust so me. Just there was like photon bomb. Even though even in the two tall versus four wide, when you're taking four more damage than your opponent, like it still just like turns on your random abilities and it's a lot of damage. Like, it's just like a lot of damage to them. <laughs> it, it really, it really honestly is. And so there was, there was two key things I took away from this deck after um, playing it for a day. And I did go three Oh on the day and did win the tournament with it. Um, but what I took away from it was number one, if you can move damage like this consistently, uh, i.e. what Slipstream's doing, if there's ways to do that moving forward in the future, uh, whether that's through bombing run or through substream or a combination, which obviously substream and bombing run together are just insane, but also the piercing damage capability that comes out of laser cutlasses on the airstrike patrol and scoundrels blaster. If you're up against other Autobot teams, which the field is a lot of Autobots right now. I mean, the big guys are Autobots, right? Jetfire and, and uh, Optimus prime. And then, uh, Obviously, Energon Axe is just a, a blowout card and also has Pierce on top of that, which is just insanity to me. You, you, you end up in this position where this deck was just putting 12, 13, 15 damage a turn on my opponent's bots. I was flipping no orange icons, but it was doing what orange decks would do. Across, not not maybe as effectively, but kind of because like an orange, like if you go up against a, a Jetfire with a four wide Springer aggro and let's say Springer swings for 12, Jetfire is going to defend eight of it. So you put four damage on. This deck's doing the exact same thing. It's the exact same amount of damage. So it's, it's really interesting to me to see that. Now, I made changes before going into the tournament because I... Uh, when I did the gold fishing, things weren't working so well with dumpy cards like Bad Attitude and Multi Missile Pod. I cut those cards out of the, right. the they list. Were, they were all jokes. The deck started out yeah. as all jokes, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I, I I put in real cards like War of Attrition, 
and I put in um, Sturdy Javelin over the multi-missile pods. And I don't know if I played a Javelin all day. Maybe once. I might have played it once. I might have actually trigger happy into a Javelin once because it would allow me to shoot another bot down. And that was that was important. Right. This deck has a ton of weapons in it. Like It does. It's It's weapon heavy. Which gives you a lot of consistency in playing a weapon on each of your bots. I mean, it was it was in situations where I, it was early, like pre-wheel or like right after the wheel, and all of my bots alive were equipped with a weapon. I mean, you're doing some pretty crazy stuff. Now, sabotage armaments is a thing there, but you know what kind of sucks is when somebody gets you get SA'd and like all they did was take a scoundrel's blaster, which you have three more or two more copies of in the deck that you're gonna find easily, or they take a laser cutlass off, right. which sugar happy just recurs. Like my thing about sabotage armaments has been always just like obviously you play around it when you need to play around it in the game. But in general for deck building rules, you can beat it in one of two ways. You can play like very small or no weapons and then that blanks it or you can play a ton of weapons and you just overload it because they can't like like they only get to do it once and if you just have a backup every time then you're just trading one for one it's not you know it saves them a little damage but and i I don't know if this deck is truly real i i don't I, i i'm still dubbing this a casual deck for the sake of conversation right now but it is something that i'm going to be watching wave five cards to see if wave five cards add anything to this sort of damage moving damage suite. Because I mean, here, here's a real example that happened in my Jetfire thrust matchup with ion storm. Ion storm has 14 health. My opponent got him to 12 through a war of attrition, a brainstorm war of attrition bombing run. I pulled four damage off of him. attack, pull five damage off of him. It was just insane, right? Like you go from from twelve to seven, your opponent's just—I mean—is just getting blown out at that point, right? Like, like there's—I mean, he he's swinging back at me for nine, and Ion Storm's defending six or seven of it almost always. So it was just like, yeah, I take four, but the reality was, by the time Iron Storm attacks again, I took three. Right. And if I play a bombing run, Ion Storm took two. It, it turns Ion Storm into almost the equivalency of a 20, 20 health bot. Like I was doing the math on it in that particular game, and Ion Storm was worth a net 20. So while the base health of the deck is only like 28 or something across the board, it's so much higher with all of these cards that move damage. It's so much higher. It's, it's incredible. I was, I was just really, really impressed with the deck overall. And I'm not saying that it's, going to go out and win a major competitive tournament but it's 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 not far off i can tell you that it's it's not far off well i'm glad that you enjoyed it i'm glad that like the jokes turned into like a playable <laughs> yeah I, I am too obviously you uh you did well at the legendary wolf and those guys are they're pretty good. Like the the one guy is very active in the Facebook group, right? Yeah, yep, he uh, is. Um, uh, he he's got a pseudonym, so he goes by Malcolm Reynolds on the on the Facebook group, right? But I, I mean, his deck, the deck he played, the Galaxy Prime deck he played, had been winning for the last few weeks. Nobody had been able to to knock it down, and I just two owed that deck without any thought. I, I mean, he's a he you know, he's a really nice guy and. 
I think the deck is interesting, but obviously not the best version of Galaxy Prime. Well, um, I guess we're out of time. It's amazing how fast I can go. But um, we will be back on our next episode. We'll start talking about Wave 5 spoilers and some of our initial thoughts on it. And, uh, you know, I think we'll uh, we'll continue to explore some deck brewing in this kind of downtime between sets. So um, I just want to thank everybody for listening. We super appreciate you guys. Be sure to uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And we will see you all in the next episode. Thanks, guys.